You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked on Kentucky. I'm Dan Rafer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, some UK football and uh, a little bit of recruiting news uh, as that goes. Also, um... Some college basketball, and uh, we'll start uh, with football first. Uh, Lynn Bowden got the um, Manning Quarterback Award this week, which he should. He's gotten several awards, but uh, that's a really weird one for him to get, though. I was texting yeah. with uh, Brett Dawson, uh, who used to cover Kentucky, and he was like, he had an amazing game, but how weird is it to see him win an award named after the most famous passing family in the in football (laughs) after a game where he completed one pass Uh, you know what I mean like that's that is a really strange thing to see him win I mean he's playing quarterback and he played it as well as anybody in the country last year in terms of just getting the job done but it's yeah it's that's weird that's weird for him to be attached to anything with the Mannings yeah no kidding but you know that got me thinking about you know, just some of the numbers, and, and we've seen a ton of numbers, and we talked about a ton of different statistics uh, for UK and their rushing offense and how well the defense has played and all that. And So you think we've exhausted them all, but no. No, no, no. I found a few of them that are interesting because, you know, with Georgia playing in the SEC championship game this weekend, uh, Georgia is the SEC's best rushing defense. And, you know, so all the talk is, you know, can um, – Georgia put a stop uh, to LSU. And, and so with Georgia, they gave up this season. They're the only team in the SEC that allowed less than 100 yards rushing per game. It wound up being 71 yards per game. So they allowed 852 rushing yards. They're the only school in the SEC that allowed less than 1,000 yards rushing for the entire season. Which is amazing and, when you like flip that and think Kentucky rushed for almost 3,300. Some, yeah. That somebody gave up less than 900 is amazing. <laughs> no kidding. And so yards per carry, Georgia allowed 2.54 yards per carry. They're the only school in the SEC that allowed less than three yards per carry. So three opponents all season rushed for 100 or more yards against Georgia. We know Kentucky's one of them. Vanderbilt was one of them with 116 yards. And then South Carolina had 142 yards in a win Georgia's only loss of the season. But UK's 160 yards rushing against Georgia is the most the number four team in the college football playoff has allowed to any opponent all season. You're you're talking about Notre Dame. They held Notre Dame to 46 yards. They held Tennessee to 70 yards rushing. Florida to 21 yards rushing. Auburn running team to 84 yards rushing. Texas A&M negative two yards rushing. And then Kentucky wound up rushing for 4.57 yards per carry, and that is also the most Georgia gave up all season to any team. Uh, That's just amazing to me in that game that was a rain game where they knew, Georgia knew, that Kentucky wasn't going to throw the ball. Kentucky knew Georgia wasn't going to throw the ball. I mean, I think Georgia attempted 10 passes in that game. Um, And still, Eddie Grand's scheme and John Schlarman's big guys leading the way were still able 
to have the best rushing performance against Georgia all season than any other team. Yeah, I I knew that it was up there, but I didn't realize it was it was the best uh, in every, basically every rushing category. Um, you know, and and as we've said a few times, couple couple holds that maybe didn't even affect the outcome of the run. Right. And, and Lynn Bowden is over a hundred. Uh, finished yeah. with 99 in that game, and they're they're approaching 200 if that happens in that game. Um, you know, there was the one run where I think Bowden got it down in like like the 10 Georgia 10 yard line or something uh, that got called back. I mean, it may have even made that game uh, quite a bit closer. Um, so it was yeah, those penalties. I mean, yeah, when, when people when people sort of dismiss or at least diminish what Kentucky's done running the football and what Lynn Bowden has done uh, because, you know, oh, they've only played one good team and, and, you know, that was their season low. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, but also their season low was a season high against the defense they were playing. Right. Against, you know, a team that's a, a bona fide national championship contender on the road, also still relatively early in the transition for – uh, Lynn Bowden to quarterback, um, I'd say it was pretty damn impressive, and, and it sort of I think I think that game, to me, it sort of validates what they've done in all the other games against maybe lesser opponents. And in that game, it was it really came down to mistakes that Kentucky made. It wasn't that Georgia just you know beat them. I mean, the twenty one nothing score tells you something else. But what really happened is Kentucky beat themselves with a few penalties, and then. Max Duffy, the nation's leading punter, his one mistake all season was against Georgia where he had that shank in the rain and that gave Georgia great field position and they capitalized on it. And that The game changed right there and, and Kirby Smart after the game said, that's what we were waiting on. We were waiting on them to make a mistake. We saw something in their, in their punt coverage or their punt formation or their, you know, whatever their scheme or whatever that we thought we could maybe apply some pressure and we did on that particular um, punt and we got what we wanted out of it. And that, that changed the game. But um, so that game also gave Kentucky, when you talk to the players after that game in the week leading up to the next game, they talked about how physical they were against Georgia and how they got after Georgia's defensive line and how good they felt about how they actually played. Like, they looked at it like, yeah, we lost 21 nothing, but, gosh, we, we did a lot of really good things. We made some mistakes to hurt ourselves in that game, but everything we did made us feel better about what we're doing now, like the switch to, to, this, uh, to this offense. Yeah, and, you know, you don't want to have a defeatist attitude, but there's, like, one of those every year uh, where, in, in particular, if you go into it struggling – you, you know, in in Kentucky's situation, you just go, let's not get our spirit broken or our yeah. bodies broken. You know, let's get out of there healthy and without being, you know, completely demoralized. And if you do that, if you if you go compete with a team like that and you get out of there healthy, then you just go, hey, look, they're one of the five best teams in the country and we're still better than just about everybody else left on our schedule. Let's go you know, run the table. And that's, uh, what Kentucky did. So just about, yeah. um, so I, 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 I think you're right about that. I mean, you, I think you could tell that they didn't feel like they went and got manhandled. I mean, well, it was like seven, right. it was still seven, nothing in the fourth quarter, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Zero zero at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that that's really amazing to me that they, even with the weather conditions, that they could they could get that game to halftime, um, tied up. That that had to feel like I mean it, that halftime locker room in particular had to feel like, uh, you know, a major victory for them given where they were as a program, you know, with the injuries and the uncertainty. Well, let's take a break. There's another UK football rushing statistic I want to hit on, uh, some numbers that are pretty wild and amazing. And then uh, there's a little recruiting news as well we'll get to, and then we'll also get to some college basketball. Uh, But first, let me tell you about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go... You can visit DoorDash, and you can, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash offers. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, Dan Reefer with Fox 56 here with you, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and we were talking some UK football rushing in that last segment and going to continue a little bit with that now because uh, I ran across this knowing we knew that Lynn Bowden was the leader leader in the SEC in yards per carry and like third nationally at 8.18 yards per carry this season, which is just crazy. But then uh, when I got to looking, UK has three players among the top eight in yards per carry in the Southeastern Conference. Bowden's one. Chris Rodriguez, number three, at 7.92 yards per carry. And then Cavassier Smoke, number eight, at 6.28 yards per carry. So Kentucky has three of the top eight players, number one, number three, and number eight in yards per carry in the Southeastern Conference in rushing this season, which is better than DeAndre Swift, Arkansas's Rakeem Boyd, Bama's Najee Harris, and Mississippi State's Kylan Hill. I think that's why maybe Tim Sullivan from the Courier-Journal asked Mark Stoops after the Louisville game, uh, would you consider continuing this? Is this sustainable? Because of the success that it's had. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think one of the things Mark said in response to that was, uh, one, they do want to go back to the forward pass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But also that they've learned some things from yeah. how this has worked with Lynn Bowden. Um, that they can incorporate even when Lynn is gone, and they they do have a quarterback who can throw the ball. Um, you know, Terry Wilson is a, an excellent runner. If they get the Auburn transfer, uh, he's a big physical guy who who can really run it um, at quarterback. And so, uh, I I you know they're not gonna ever probably unless they get in another one of these emergency pinches i don't know that they'll ever go back to just a run all run first run second run always approach but i, I think they've learned some things about scheme um cole kubelik uh of sec network uh former offensive lineman at auburn and kind of a an offensive line guru and he really studies those offensive lines in college football every week he put out his um offensive line rankings for the uh, for the week in the SEC and it can, had Kentucky number one. But yeah. Then he also followed up saying, you know, you don't rush for the kind of yards Kentucky's rushed for without um, some help from the skill guys. And we, I think we've mentioned, you know, you, you feel for and also have to be impressed by the wide receivers blocking in this scheme when they know they're never going to get the ball. 
uh, and the tight ends, but also the running backs. Uh, yeah. The Lynn Bowden, he Kubelik put out a, a video of Lynn Bowden, one of his long runs against Louisville, and Rodriguez just absolutely manhandles his guy. Uh, it, it's kind of a it looks like a read option, and Lynn decides to keep it, and immediately as soon as as soon as Rodriguez knows he's not getting the ball left in his belly. He immediately flips to super aggressive blocker, and he just he seals his man off. It's the only guy there. Allows Lynn to bounce it outside, and then he just plows that guy, you know, three or four yards. And at the end, gives him a little extra shove just to remind him he's there. Right. Uh, I mean, one you got to love that as coaches, but two, some of that is just some of what we're seeing is scheme, and and I think that's again where you. You say Eddie Grand's not getting enough credit for what they've done um, because maybe he is now at the end of the season. But uh, as much as it's just guys lining up and being tough and runners being really explosive and elusive, there's a lot of scheme that goes into it. You, for every guy you have to be averaging those crazy yards per carry, you know every one of them has broken big long runs, multiple big long runs. Uh, a, a fair amount of that is the way you're calling the game and, and kind of keeping defenses off off balance. Yeah, UK's had 99 runs of 10 or more yards uh, this season, which is only second to Miss State's 100. So Miss State has one more. And I think Lynn, yards. Lynn leads the league, right? 42 yeah. of them or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and only <laughs> and he only had 13 carries total in the first five games. So almost all yeah. those have come in seven games. In seven right. games, he leads the SEC in a category like that. Well, UK has 45 runs of 20-plus. That leads the SEC. 21 of 30-plus. That's tied for first. 15 of 40-plus yards. That leads the SEC. And then seven of 50 yards or more, which is also tied for first. Four of 60 or more, which is which is second. So these explosive runs, they've, they've definitely got something that they can use going forward with Terry Wilson at quarterback that uh, where they've, they've found something in that read option where obviously part of it's Lynn Bowden. But, uh, yeah, it's that offensive line and, and how they've devised these runs to – uh, to fool the defense a little bit, make them not be able to commit. Uh, and then you add the threat of the pass back in there, and maybe um, you know they're able to sustain some of these numbers. I mean, obviously with the frequency of runs going down, they won't be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, it was a good point by Mark Stoops to say, yeah, we've learned some things that we can carry forward into next season. I, I think his dream offense isn't, necessarily this but it's a lot closer to this than a wide open passing offense. <laughs> yes it is you know sure. yeah. uh if he's picking an extreme he's going to pick this one i would think almost every time and you know if they can be a 60 40 team then in the 60 is running the ball you know physical running the ball i, I think yeah. he, he'd love that uh very much well, I watch Thinking Out Loud, the SEC Network show every week, and with uh, Greg McElroy, Marcus Spears, and Alyssa Lang. And Alyssa Lang was the sideline reporter for the Kentucky-Louisville game. And so they spent uh, a good portion of time, um, a good three or four minutes, discussing just what UK has been able to do on the ground this season. And so it's, it reruns all the time. So if you want to catch it and, and hear a little love thrown UK's way, uh, you can do that on Thinking Out Loud. By the way, uh, we sold them a little short on the long runs. Um, 
they don't. We we limited them to the SEC. They lead the nation. Kentucky leads the nation in runs of forty plus yards. Good grief! They have two more than the next best team, and that next best team is Georgia Southern, which I'm not. I think they went back to running the triple option. Uh, I know they got away from it at one point, but uh, I think that's an option team. They lead the nation in runs of thirty plus yards. They lead the nation in runs of 20-plus yards. So <laughs> they are Kentucky's number one in the country in 20, 30, 40-plus uh, runs. That To do that, <laughs> I mean, I feel like yeah. we're just almost beating uh, a dead horse. But it, I know, uh, but it's but worth it. But, it, but it's remarkable when you go through yeah. these. I mean, you know, you keep finding new, new numbers that just say, like, what they have done does not really make sense given what they the, the hand they were dealt. Well, let's take another break, and uh, we still didn't tell you about the uh, U.K. football recruiting news. Uh, we'll get to that next, uh, and then some college basketball, some some crazy outcomes uh, in college basketball tonight. But uh, first, let me tell you about Buffalo Trace. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends, Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee, and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distillery offers six unique complimentary tours, seven days a week, year-round, like the popular Trace Tour, or see Bourbon Pompeii and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. Mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky podcast and get 10% off merchandise at the gift shop. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and uh, we've been teasing this uh, UK football recruiting news for a while. It's not, it's not a big dog. Uh, the big dog, Vince Marrow, was in to see Vito Tisdale out there in Bowling Green uh, Tuesday night trying to get him uh, to come to UK. He's still, I think he said that he was going to wait uh, until that December 18th signing day to reveal his choice, but he was wearing uh, you know, UK gear and a picture with Vince Marrow. But yeah, that doesn't mean a whole lot. They all are going to wear um, the school's gear when you come to visit them, but... No, he's this a, one. I mean, he's go he's ahead. A, he is. I mean, he's not a like maybe the elite elite compared to what uh, Kentucky's been getting lately. But in like any year previous, this would be one of the better guys if they get him. Would have been one of the better guys in in a Kentucky class. Uh, he's a top ten player in the state. He, I think Rivals has him the number thirty five safety in the country. Uh, he's got, I think, offers from. Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, and Georgia, according to rivals. Yeah. Uh, be a great, great get, and obviously important to Kentucky to lock down the in-state guys. Yeah, no doubt. Very important to keep them keep them here. Um, and one of them, it looks like they're going to keep here, is uh, Lexington Christian Academy receiver Darius Smith. I've seen this guy play in person many times. He is electric. He's got speed. He's got great hands. Um he must run pretty good routes because he led the state in receiving this season with 82 catches for 1,671 yards and 20 touchdowns, averaging 20.4 yards per catch. He tweeted out on 
Tuesday. Is this is this Tuesday or Wednesday? This is Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> he tweet he tweeted out Wednesday night uh, that he's grateful for the opportunity to play for my old Kentucky home, and he tagged Dean Hood. So I guess Dean Hood's recruiting him, and I don't know that he got a scholarship offer, but you know clearly he's at least a preferred walk on. Um, because the only other offer he had out there was um, from a from a smaller school, uh, but clearly, yeah, I think, I think like you take an in-state kid that that puts up crazy, crazy not productive numbers and wants yeah. to be there. You know, I mean, I think I think that's all good. All right, so let's switch to college basketball. A couple of future Kentucky opponents um, on Wednesday night. Uh, Utah beat BYU 102-95. Georgia Tech beat Nebraska 73-56. South Carolina just barely beat UMass 84-80. Last night, Tuesday night, Missouri lost a, a bad Charleston Southern team 68-60. to uh, But, you know, overall in the world of college basketball, the shocker is that Purdue, an unranked Purdue team, beat number five Virginia 69-40. And here's one more shocker for you, DePaul. The Blue Demons uh, beat Texas Tech in overtime tonight, sixty-five sixty. DePaul is nine and zero. Yeah, they're so, they're back, baby. I mean, Texas Tech is having a rough year. Uh, they've had a rough start, but that's a great win for them. Twenty, the twenty-nine point uh, loss for UVA. They were number yeah. five and undefeated. They had been playing like otherworldly defense. I think their last opponent, UVA's, had twenty-eight points. They'd only given up 50 once all season, and they gave up 69, a season-high 69 points uh, to Purdue in that game tonight. Um, that was uh, that was a pretty surprising one. Um, you know, I don't think – I can't remember, was the game over when we were recording last night, the Louisville game? Uh, yes. I'm, okay. Yeah, that was over. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, the Duke, no, it was the Duke game. Duke, that we had. yeah. It was Duke, uh, Duke ended up uh, – pounding Michigan State. It was a, a rough night for the Michigan schools from the Big Ten. Um, <laughs> no doubt. And, and I, who, what, do, what, do we, what do we even make of, of Duke right now? What do we make of college basketball? Duke loses at home as a 28-point favorite to uh, – now I've forgotten who beat them. Stephen F. Uh, Austin. Stephen, yeah, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, and then turns around – opening night, Duke beats Kansas. Looked great. They yeah. turn around and lose at home to Stephen F. Austin and then come back and beat – soundly beat Michigan State. The other takeaway there is Kentucky's best, you know, signature win over the unanimous number one ranked team in the country preseason, Michigan State, is no longer very impressive. That was the third third loss for Michigan State already. Um, And then tonight, excuse me, tonight, as we're recording this, a notable score, uh, Ohio State 58, North Carolina 45, with seven and a half minutes to go in Chapel Hill, um, well, it's so, now sixty forty seven with under seven minutes to go. Oh, so okay. Th- so your broadcast complete. is ahead of mine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they and they've uh, been really in control since uh, you know a few minutes into this game. Assuming they hold on to win, Ohio State will will remain undefeated. Probably climb, almost certainly climb in the polls. North Carolina was number seven. Ohio State number six. Um, between what we saw Louisville do. And then a, a night later, what we're seeing Ohio State do against quality opponents. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky is, again, better. Camp Cal better be a good one. They better have their uh, hat strapped on because in a seven-day period, they're going to have two legitimate top ten challenges. Um, 
man, okay, I'm, my TV's catching up now. They, they, they have, <laughs> they have just played really well. Ohio State's played really, really well. Uh, got a really good big man. They, they've got some some areas that they can, I think, challenge Kentucky. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um, I mean, just just when Kentucky gets to you know Georgia Tech and then Utah, I mean, because that's a little bit step up of competition there. So to see how they do there, uh, and then and then yeah, I mean, Ohio State is is a huge one, uh, no doubt about it. And um, if you look down the road a little bit to that Texas Tech game in January, I mean, Texas Tech now with three losses, uh, that may not be you know, a, a resume builder for you anymore by the time you get there. Or Texas Tech could have turned around because, look, like you said, what do we make of Duke? I mean, what, what do we make of, of a lot of teams? Because uh, it, I, I guess youth is what we make of it. There's so much youth um, uh, among some of the top teams that you just don't know what you're going to get on a given night. But. Youth and not all, you know, uh, not all recruiting classes are the same, you know, and, yeah. and some of the top talent kind of fanned out this year. You know, you've got – I was saying uh, to you before we started, you've got um, kind of the ones that got away. Isaiah, the big men Kentucky wanted and didn't get. Isaiah Stewart uh, went to Washington, and he's having a great season. 17 points, seven rebounds, two blocks a game. Vernon Carey just dominating uh, at Duke now. Uh, Kentucky wanted him as well, 19, yeah. almost 19 and 10 a game with two and a half blocks a game. Um and then one they had on campus, not a big man, but a guy Kentucky had on campus, Jamal Baker. He's now shooting 50% from three at Arizona, 14 of 28, uh, 26 assists and just three turnovers, uh, but could have been the shooter that Kentucky's been kind of lacking this season. Back It would have been back for a third year at UK. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you that's more UK-specific, but you've just seen – some of the best players fanned out. You have the number one recruit in the country go to Memphis, uh, and 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 not you know that class. I think in and in, in total the 2019 class not full of elite players to start with, um, and so what you get is uh, I think unpredictability all around the country. Um, Texas Tech, by the way, has lost its last three games, three losses all in a row. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. And their next game is against Louisville. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it could be a rocky road here. Or Texas Tech gets healthy in a hurry. They get get right in a hurry if they turn around and beat Louisville. It's a neutral floor. I think that's in New York. Um, But, man, they they lost to Iowa, Creighton, and DePaul all in a row. Now, Mm. those are all top 60 in Ken Palm, so they're not bad teams they lost to necessarily. Uh, but for a team that just played in the national championship game, you expect certainly a little better than that. Well, I feel good about Kentucky's chances against Fairleigh Dickinson on Saturday. And then the next week, it's at Rupp Arena against Georgia Tech. I feel uh, pretty good about that one as well, even though the, um, uh, I guess the United Nations Security Council will be on hand for that game. We found <laughs> out. Um, but, um, uh, and then the, one, the, the thing that kind of is um, – concerning is that you go to las vegas and you're there um wednesday thursday friday saturday you probably actually get there on tuesday yes Uh, so you're there for several days and then you have thursday and friday in vegas between utah and ohio state and now ohio state playing as well as they are uh i i think that could be something 
Yeah, they better have really, really strict bed checks at the mm-hmm. hotel. Uh, the last yeah. thing I would want would be my players slipping out uh, in Las Vegas for three or four nights in a row. Uh, yeah. Although, you know, they went to they went to the Bahamas in 2015. I think those guys all allowed themselves to have some fun down there, and uh, and they were still very good. So uh, we'll see. But but it. You know, the fact that that Ohio State is the second of the two games in Vegas is also, right. you know, could be problematic. Or you go out there and get acclimated and, you you know, get a game under your belt. Maybe, it, maybe it'll be to their benefit. But the, my brain says, logically, the second game of that swing could be, <laughs> could be the downer. Yeah. And then, but then you have a week. When you come back from Vegas, you got a week to prepare for Louisville after that. And I think Louisville has 10 days between games. I think their last game is on December 18th and then they don't play again until the 28th against Kentucky. So they're going to have a little time to prepare for the Wildcats as well. But uh, we should wrap this baby up. Well, let's give you one more update uh, as we do. It's um, four minutes to go and Ohio State leads North Carolina 67-48. So this is becoming a complete blowout. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll leave you with that. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And tomorrow... Uh, let's see, John Calipari, I believe he talks, doesn't he? Or at least an assistant. Yeah, or talking else. Thursday. Yeah, so we'll talking have something, something for Friday's uh, podcast off of the what, what the cats have to say, for sure. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. And Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great Thursday. <laughs>